welcome to the TES Further Education Podcast. This week I'm going to be exploring the world of creative and digital media in FE. We'll be hearing from three guests, all of whom are former college students who went on to work in that area. One's now a creative director at a major employer, one's an inspirational FE lecturer, and one's an internationally successful film director. Welcome to the TES FE podcast with me, Sarah Simons. Now, if I was going to ask you what subject is taught by most teachers in FE in England, what would you say? Go on. Hairdressing, construction, childcare. Well, you'd be wrong. According to FE College Workforce data for England, published in June 2013, 12% of all teaching staff work in visual arts, performing arts and media. My first guest went to Burton College before leaving to pursue a career in filmmaking. Shane Meadows is a multi-award winning director and writer, known for This Is England, Dead Man's Shoes and 24-7. Shane moved to Nottingham at the age of 20 and spent his time making around 30 short films. He's now one of the most respected names in British TV and film. I met him at Confetti Institute of Creative Technologies, a college in Nottingham, where Shane had just given a two-hour talk to FE students about his career as part of Confetti's Industry Week. I had quite a few um, start and stops with with my uh, further education. I mean, I left school without any qualifications, but it's back in an, an era when, um, I mean, basically there, there wasn't really arts available at school when I was, you know, in 1989. If you weren't good at sports, English, math, science, it kind of wasn't, it just wasn't part of the curriculum. And so when I left, I went and uh, started a drama course and wanted to do some O-levels and some A-levels. I met an actor called Paddy Considine there who's now uh, doing very well for himself and we, we both met on this mad little course in Burton-on-Trent and although maybe it took us three or four goes before we finally found what we wanted to do, um, it was actually one of the, the best times of my life to be honest with you. I, I was probably a bit of a lazy bum and uh, like I say it took me three or four goes um, to actually get my qualifications and, and I went off to do a photography degree in the end but... Um, yeah, it was um, a really special time for me, and um, although I probably didn't give it my all to begin with, um, I've, I've got there in the end. Do you think it's education, or do you think it's curiosity that's got you where you are? Um, yeah, it's definitely not education that's got me where I am, um, because I, 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 for some reason, I'm, I've always kind of booked against uh, being told what to do. Although when I got to diploma level and things like that where they treated you more like an adult I did actually do a lot better I actually got um, a few O levels and a few A levels which I'm still really proud of because I did them in subjects that I wanted to do and I did them off my own back Um, and that was after school that was at college yeah like I said I left school at 16 um, without I didn't even take any exams so I kind of left with nothing no qualifications at all I didn't take I didn't fail anything I just didn't take anything it wasn't until I I really uh, found myself with with nowhere to turn in a way that I started making films because I'd let myself down a bit and I'd, I'd never really stuck at the courses I'd been on um, but weirdly um, through you know making the films that I made I suppose I some way 
you know, I got educated on the job from my end, but, you know, all my nephews and my sister's kids now, I really push them to go to college. You know, I know school isn't everyone's cup of tea because you're kind of forced into it maybe, but uh, in terms of uh, college and education now, the range of courses that people can do, it's much better to do it in college when you're 18 than doing it on the job at 25 like I did. When you started out, you were making a film a month without financial support. How can we as teachers engage students to find that sort of drive? I, I, th- I think the main thing is if, if you find someone that's, you know, I fell in love with, you know, the work of like Scorsese and, you know, it's, um, I think I think half the time it's, um, from from my point of view, you know, I went into film studies classes when I first started college and I was a little bit bored because we were being shown sort of, you know, radical French cinema and, you know, they're obviously, if you're really into film, then maybe you get it, but I was never one for really breaking it down. I think sometimes people can be emotionally engaged, but maybe haven't got the skill set to write that on paper and so I was one of those people that got missed and I think now it's a lot better um, because I think I've got friends who teach and um, you know and obviously I, I do talks in colleges and you sort of see not only the range of uh, options that are open to people um, but also you sort of see that there's lots of different ways that people teach now whereas when I was a kid it was literally my way or the highway rather than having personal attention or you know Shane's brilliant at this but rubbish at that can we cater his edge there was none of that you know and it seems like it's a lot better now and I think had I been born 20 years later maybe I'd have I'd have maybe uh, done a little bit better in my my education um but uh from my point of view like I said before I kind of had to do it a little bit on on the job but a lot of that was my own fault as well it's not worked out bad for you though has it uh? (laughs) Um, what advice could you give to teachers on on media courses about making sure they're offering an authentic education, an authentic course for the students? Um, I suppose, really, it's to try and, um, you know, from my point of view, obviously, especially with, with film, if you're teaching film or you're teaching media, it encapsulates such, you know, not everyone's going to be a director or a producer or an actor. Or, you know, some people might want to work behind the camera. And I, and I think um, the times when I was at college, it sort of, it was almost impossible to get hold of of equipment for any period of time and hopefully now um, with how technology's gone and I'm sure that in schools and colleges around the country people have got much more access I think that was what was missing when I was growing up was you just couldn't get access to the equipment Um, and um, and of course if you've got a, a teacher that kind of film is one of those things that can turn really turn people on to wanting to make films um, and that's about obviously having great taste in, in what you show to people and what you choose to inspire people by. And then, you know, like someone like myself, I'm kind of, I've done a talk today to people that are, you know, making, wanting to make films in whatever capacity. And uh, Can I just tell you that I want to go and make a film now after just hearing you talk? It was brilliant. Really, really enjoyed it and inspired me, you know. So all those students sitting watching you, they must be running out to do something, to make something. I suppose if, if there's one bit of advice I could give is to be generous, you know, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm a filmmaker and I grew up, when I got my first short films and I was trying to get them broadcast or seen, a lot of people saw it as like these dark arts and we've got the secret and we hold the keys to this lock and you're not going to let you in and... Um, and so you know i came through having to kick doors down really and so now if i come and speak to a group of students today who are looking to make films and i sort of don't give much away or i'm not honest or i don't say which bits were easy and which bits were hard if i try and make it mysterious to protect my own legacy you know what's the point you know i think if you're generous the more you kind of want people to do it because i you know i love meeting um you know the, the students that i've met today and i've spoken to afterwards and if you've inspired them a little bit and uh and you know 
I came today and showed them one of my rubbish little shorts that I made because I thought, well, if I only show my films that are, um, you know, the ones that they may have heard of and ones that have had a lot of money, then how can they relate to that at this stage in their career? If they can see a little thing I made in my bedroom and then see where that led to, then it gives them more of a chance to think, well, I, I know I can do what Shane did there and ultimately that's you, they can see the progression that went on in my career rather than me turning up and trying to make myself look groovy, you know. You've described education as being like a hospital without the pain. <laughs> Could you explain that to me? I think it's brilliant. Could you explain it? Yeah, I, w- when I was um, 14, I was in hospital for uh, three months, and um, on and off, but, but I was in for quite a period of time. And I found this sort of bizarre solace in the kind of uniformity of this institution and kind of, I went to, I've I've sort of went to college and I couldn't believe it was real in a way. It was kind of this place where basically, you know, you're in a sort of the one chance in your life where they're treating you like an adult, you're choosing to do things you want to do because you've just had like 11 years of education of like you've got to do science you've got this is the first time in my life that I can actually go and pick a drama course you know dance around paint some picture you know I couldn't believe that it was real and I'd had this thing as a kid that you know because the town I grew up in was so chaotic that those three months in hospital were like the most sane of my life people had to come at visiting time and uh, and so when I got to college and and I I, I sort of fell in love with with photography to be honest with you and, and working in the dark room and I just couldn't believe that that was possible because I'd grown up in a working-class town, and when I first left school, I was concreting and tarmacking and erecting scaffolding, and all of a sudden I was in this place where they embraced art, and you were kind of like, you know, you could spend four weeks working on a photography project and standing there. I couldn't believe that was, was real. So, you know, it it was one of those um, things that, from, from my point of view, was womb-like in a way that I thought, you know, there's this thing that's put on tap and, and is there for everyone to have a stab at um, and obviously when you're doing something like an artistic course it's probably a bit a bit better for that um, but uh, you know from my point of view it was like I absolutely adored it and every now and again I fantasise about going back to college having a year off and just being at college and just working on some stuff. Just looking back at it from where you are now what advice would you give to yourself from the position you're in now with all your experience and all your success and all the work that's gone into it what advice would you give yourself as a as a student? Um, I think I probably would have. Um, I, I would like to have sort of maybe. I, the the thing is now I'm I'm a bit of a perfectionist with my films, and as long as I've given everything that I've got to it, even if it's not perfect, if I've tried everything I can try, then I can live with it. And I think you know when I was a student, I didn't have that work ethic at all. You know, it was kind of even you know just before I started making short films and I was doing my photography courses I'd do it last minute and do all of those kind of things and uh, and I think that the, the work ethic now which I use for making my films um, not that I did I got into films young to be fair so I'm quite lucky a lot of people you know, have to wait till they're in their 30s and 40s to get into making films for the cinema but in terms of myself um, I don't like the idea that I was half-hearted in some things that I did and uh, that'd be the advice to give myself is to start the passion early and get there quicker My next guest is John Kay, Creative Director of Linny Design, which is part of Linny Group, a 780-person strong communications company in the East Midlands. It's one of the largest design businesses in the UK. John's another former FE college student, and as well as the company being a major employer, John spends a lot of time going into colleges and talking to FE students and staff. 
Before we chatted, I'd had a look round the studio and was thoroughly gobsmacked. Could you just explain to me what's happening, what I've just looked at in that huge studio? The simplest way of putting it is that we have um, over 70 people who are dedicated to communicating on behalf of our clients. So we have a huge mix of clients from all sorts of sectors, from uh, restaurants to technology brands to fast-moving consumer goods, FMCG as it's known, Um, a whole plethora of kind of businesses and brands that all simply need to communicate to their prospects, to their customers, um, to their clients. And we help them do that. Quite simply, we do that by designing for um, all the various media that are out there today. We made a decision a few years ago, many years ago now, that um, we wouldn't hone ourselves to be a specialist in one particular type of media, but we would offer our clients the ability to communicate in whatever is the right media for them. So we're kind of, um, horrible phrase, but we're kind of media neutral, meaning that we can design for web and or for print. Uh, We can design for mobile, TV, for screen, for um, 3D. We can make 3D models. We can do whatever is required to communicate. As an employer, you're seeing people come into the business wanting to work here. What are you looking for in candidates there, there are always some specifics that we need. So there, there will be occasions where we look for um, a very particular type of skill that relates to a particular kind of role in the business. But that said, we're also kind of, I guess, quite well known for finding the right people for our business as opposed to kind of trying to create um, very specific sort of pigeonholes into which to put people. We'd, we'd rather not do that. And I think, you know, I've, I've often said that... At, you know, I've employed people who I wasn't necessarily looking for, but when we've bumped into them, and by being open to kind of interviewing people and meeting people all the time, you're more likely to bump into people who ultimately could help you in your business and help your clients. So I'd always rather it be that way, but of course there will be instances when you do need a, a cameraman or you do need um, a producer. So you, you have specific roles to kind of to look at, but at the same time the important thing for me is that we keep interviewing, we keep meeting people, we stay connected to places like, um, you know, the college up the road um, and bring in people who are going to make a difference to the business. So there is no point as employing people who just simply come along and do what we already do. The question I ask often is, well, you know, what are you going to bring that we don't currently have? What will you offer for us? And is that in terms of attitude and commitment and passion rather than specifically skill set? Yes, I think um, there are some skills that you can coach and you can train and you can hone with the right individual, but the bit that you can't coach and train is passion, commitment, um, conviction, just uh, you know the, the kind of the general oomph that you want to kind of see from people and that desire that you, you must have in people. Um, it has to be there. We, we can't um, manufacture that. So that's what we're predominantly looking for, and that will always give people a, a good lead over a, another candidate. Your company spans the creative industries. What advice could you give to staff in colleges to make sure that students are ready to come into this sort of environment? I'll turn it around a little bit and, and say that I guess as a you know as a business as an employer, um, we need to be talking to um, education um, where we can to encourage that you understand what we need. Um, I don't think it needs to be kind of traffic just one way traffic the other way um 
but that said, yes, you know, education kind of seeking out and trying to understand more so what's required and what we're looking for would, would help everybody. Um, I think we, we sometimes talk about the hard skills and the soft skills, and, and I guess um, we would ask that some of the soft skills are, are, are encouraged and considered, you know, just simple things like understanding the importance of timeliness and being considered in in their approach to kind of an employer and um, attitude and manner and conduct and so on all contribute massively to what we need some of the basics again you know back to kind of literacy and the ability to communicate well and the appropriate use of media and communication tools are all really important probably more important than people perhaps understand we're all very visible nowadays. The propensity for people to communicate overtly and, and never covertly just seems to be greater than ever. So just really to be kind of, you know, to be brutal with people and make sure that they understand the implications of what they say, you know, on social media, for example, then could come back and haunt them somewhere. You know, I'm not suggesting for a minute that we're an employer that, you know, starts to kind of rattle around people's social media sites and, and look at, you know, what they're saying. But we know it goes off out there and it will have more of a bearing on things in you know in the future if not the very near future so just broadly I'd rather I'd rather see people and students and prospects for us really kind of thinking hard about kind of their total image what they're projecting and what they're saying to somebody like us as a, as a prospective employer rather than necessarily kind of assuming that you know because they've qualified in x or because they have some skills in y that or that's going to fulfill kind of our needs you know it, it's again back to my point earlier passion and conviction and you know energy and enthusiasm are the things that you know really kind of start to kind of set people apart I'm just blown away by looking at all the different aspects of your organization the the different skills and you know that's 20 different sort of curriculum areas I've just seen in one room the thread that holds it all together is is creativity without that you know we don't have a business the difference between one business like ours and another and a competitor will be its creative thinking its thought process and its ability to solve problems for clients and think beyond kind of the norm so we have to constantly challenge things which means we have to look at things in a different way so when I talk to students and those that are are interested in working in our profession then they have to be able to kind of look at themselves and what they do and reconsider and reevaluate and, and kind of rethink things, tip things on the head. To quote Paul Smith, you can find inspiration in everything and if you can't, then go and look again. My final guest is Scott Hayden, a lecturer in creative media production and a specialist practitioner in social media and educational technology. He teaches at Basingstoke College of Technology and he's well known for the innovative methods he uses to engage his students to offer a thoroughly authentic learning experience. We have a real focus on tying everything we do to industry. So we try to sort of raise the stakes of their assignments. So the consequences of their work sort of transcend the grade. Um, They have to leave with transferable, applicable skills to be yeah. highly employable, competent in both the logistical and the technical aspects of industry. Mm. So what we tend to do um, is embed these industry practices within the assignment briefs and within every single lecture. So things like English and communication skills are embedded. In terms of digital literacy, 
that's helped along by the students recording vlogs or podcasts to respond to assignment briefs, um, teamwork activities as well when they're working on multi-camera techniques, for example. So accountable to one another and working towards deadlines in high-pressure studio environments. Yeah. Students maintain blogs, websites, and social media. So the client for each assignment brief can actually look in and see what students are producing. Every single assignment brief we have is looked over by a client. So what I mean by that is we do a music video project. So there's three different artists. Red Tails, who are an electro-future pop outfit. Nick Dawson Kelly, an indie singer-songwriter. And Equal Sequence Department, an electro-DJ outfit. So they come into the college and the students pitch their ideas to the clients and they oversee the actual production. There are critical thinking units, um, Basingstoke Gazette and The Observer and UK Health Radio. They oversee the students' work and collaborate with them, give them feedback as well. And the work is then displayed, hopefully, if it's good enough, on their news sites or on the radio. For film studies, we've got a producer in the States who helps them on a blog Jeff Harmer, who's a British film director, his debut feature, Addict, is coming out soon. He comes in and does um, guest talks with the students. So they can actually liaise with Jeff and Orlando, develop their work alongside these practitioners. How do you start those connections? How do you make those connections and then develop them so they can be useful to the students and to the, to the curriculum? So the way we develop the relationships with these clients is to actually embrace social media, contact them via Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn in particular has been really useful for both myself and the students to develop contacts. Um, also, the lecturers here at the college have their own industry links as well, which we share with the students and we bring in our contacts. This sort of world is notoriously fast-paced. How do the changing needs of, of industry reflect in, in what you're teaching? How do you keep on top of this? I work in industry myself, um, so due to nature, as you know, I've been a full-time practitioner. We're lucky enough to get some downtime. And in that time, I've been producing and directing music videos myself and my peers here at the college. Also, I work in sound design or uh, film production, audio design. So we bring back that practice and collaborate on work. We bring that and then implement it into the curriculum amongst one another. So I think we learn the industry when we're in half term as it were we bring it back and apply it to the actual curriculum that's interesting so it, your industry work and your teaching work is sort of blended yeah i think so so everything that i pick up on when i work in industry because i'm an nvq assessor as well so i go out into the workplace and i see um, my students working in industry as well any sort of habits or practices or interesting sort of methodologies that i notice I can actually use and implement myself to help train those skills in my students. Um, it's really important for them to sort of know these practices and to embrace these new technologies and ways of interacting with their digital footprint, as it were, in a way that helps them become more employable, as well as helping them get in the grades for whatever they want to do next, whether it be a degree or an apprenticeship or to go into the actual workplace. I'm interested in what you say about social media playing such an important part in making links with important industry figures who you're then working with and develop relationships with. Is this something we're a little bit behind on in general in FE? I think increasingly so further education is embracing some aspects of social media, but you're right, there is a reticence to actually fully embrace it. Um, 
But in creative media production, I think my subject sort of lends itself to being one of the first, as it were, to sort of embrace it. And we're doing all right as a result of it. Ofsted have came in uh, in May 2013 and they liked it because they saw the students were interacting with third-party clients. They saw the students were promoting their work on LinkedIn. It was They saw that it wasn't enough for the students to actually just produce the work. They were getting it seen. So... Chelsea, one of my students, produced a video for Nick Dawson Kelly, an indie singer-songwriter, promoted her work on YouTube and got it seen by over 80,000 people. Wow. So that transcends just a, a tick and a grade. That's her actually getting her name out there. And real-life stakes, the artist congratulated her. And Chelsea's now going to university, and her CV's looking magnificent because of the amount of promotional work she's done in the evidence to back up the quality of her work as well because on social media she's promoting herself her linkedin profile as well not only does it help build up her self-esteem and sense of achievement and motivate her to go further and get better and grow stronger hopefully that's instilled by using these methods she has actually progressed her career and she's actually producing work that is setting a standard for the rest of my students going to be coming in in september Thanks to all my guests and thanks to you for listening. We'll be back after the holidays with another episode of the TES FE podcast. Until then, get your feet up and enjoy your Easter eggs. Bye.